I feel like my recovery is improving, but my relationship is struggling. What now? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Hey Tyler, how's it going? Hey, great man, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing. I'm doing excellent. You have a good. You have a good weekend. I had a great weekend. I actually got to come down and see you and the rest of the family and look at watch you kind of take all of Dad's junk from his house and put it in your house. So <laughs> you, you act like I'm a hoarder or something. I'm, I'm anything but. Like I'm all about get rid of the junk. <laughs> I, except when it comes to so literally, like our listeners need to know this. Like we have. <laughs> We, we have this, like, I guess you could call it like a pull-up bar that my dad bought for us, like off of like KSL.com back then, even though it wasn't KSL. I think, it was like yeah, I think he got it at the thrift store. Like yeah. a thrift store or something. It's been sitting out in his backyard since I was probably 12 years old. <laughs> and I swear in, since I was 12, I'm now in my mid forties. So in the last 30 plus years, there's probably been maybe... 200 total pull-ups done on that bar. <laughs> Brandon just took it from my dad's backyard and put it in his backyard. Uh, hey, are you faulting? You're not a hoarder. Are you, or what? are you faulting a man for wanting to get ripped? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, how, I, I'd hey. like to, I'd like to report back Brandon in a week. How it's many pull-ups you do on that? It's, thing. It, hey, Hey, when I, when I show up to a family party around Christmas, just shredded, <laughs> you watch out you buddy, can, because you can say, I told you so, my, because my that would back, be a good reason to get in shape. My back is just, can be chiseled <laughs> <laughs> all from that pull-up bar <laughs> all right let's hey let's get into the topic all right, here. we got a great guest going. today we got a really good guest today we got ben with us today um hey ben, hey ben if if you want to just give us a back some background tell us what's going on in your life and then we'll get we'll get right into it Okay, sure. Um, like many other sex addicts, I was exposed to pornography pretty young, um, developed a masturbation habit, um, and then that progressed to acting out with, with other people um, and continued in, in my marriage uh, and, of course, continued to be a problem in, in my marriage. Um, my wife knew about my pornography addiction for years. Um, a lot of that's because her family is, is pretty familiar um, with pornography addiction. Um about 10 years ago, I was in some pretty good quality compliance. Uh, as I look back on it, it wasn't recovery. Um, it was some abstinence, maybe a little bit of sobriety, but uh, mostly compliance. And um, I look back on, on a lot of the, the feelings and emotions that I had um, at that time. And I was, I, I thrived on resentment and just really fed um, a lot of resentment um, you know, fast forward to last. So actually in spring of 2020, um, my wife found some pornography on a computer um, and confronted me about it. And I, I copped to it being just a little bit um, as opposed to continuing for several years and um, denied the, the extent of uh, and said it was just pornography. And, and I wasn't uh, going back to acting out with other partners when I was. Um, she requested a lie detector test and <clears throat> I discovered ways to beat the lie detector test and 
And so I was able to, to continue, um, looking back on it, you know, her perspective is that, uh, um, I, I was willing to do anything I could to stay in my addiction. And as looking back on it, I was doing anything I could mm-hmm. to try and survive really is kind of how I looked at it. Um, and then in, um, in February of, of 2021, um, she again discovered, um, some pornography confronted me about it, jumped right into don- denial. Like I, like I normally do. Um, and for the past two and a half years, I've been working out of town. Um, I just got a job in, in town here locally, um, starting this month, but anyway, um, uh, and so that's been a, a, a big strain on, on our relationship and, and all that, of, of course. And so back in, um, 2021, uh, she discovered me again. I, I really, you know, I tried to deny and then had this epiphany, um, where, you know, I was thinking about it and, um, I, I definitely feel like it was God speaking to me. And the question was, why are you still hurting her? And that just completely changed my perspective and completely changed my approach to recovery. Um, and, and so I went into brutal honesty and, you know, did trickle disclosure and gave her way more information than then she probably then truthfully was healthy, um, and and at the same time also started working more in depth on, on myself. I went to a two week intensive therapy last in June of 2021, um, and have been set up with sponsors. I go to um, three or four meetings a, a week, um, and I feel a lot of strength and help in that. And I feel like I'm learning a lot of skills. Um, to better myself and also learning a lot of skills to develop a better relationship um, with my, with my partner. Um, A lot of, a lot of those are returned with a lot of anger and, um, and, and truthfully some resentment um, that now I'm, I'm showing up as opposed to not showing up before. Um, And it's been, it's been difficult to, um, to feel like I've made this progress and feel like it's completely not recognized and even unwanted. Tyler, you got questions? Yeah. First, I just want to say, uh, Ben, isn't it interesting that with the background that you just gave us, and this isn't specific to the topic we're going to cover today, but I just want to point this out that you've had this problem for a, a really, really long time that you decided to start quote working it 10 plus years ago and stayed in compliance and lying and deception for 10 plus years until at some point something in your heart got hit by what you consider a message from God. And it was the shift in your heart that's now yielded in the last two years, more real recovery than you've had in the last 12 years. I would, I would add more real recovery than I've, I've ever had it in, in my life. Like I, I, it's, it's tough to explain. And I'm sure um, you've experienced it um, given what I know of your history is that that heart shift come like I, I now for the first time in my life, believe that I can stop this. The, you there's in yourself. 
Right. There's there's a problem with the heart shift, and and this is it. And it, it's not a problem. It's it's a miracle. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It comes from God, right? Here's the problem: your heart shifts, and you go home to your partner, and your partner feels like seriously, you know. After how many years, all of a sudden, I'm just supposed to believe and and be like, wow, change is happening. Um, and, and unfortunately, just because your heart shifted, it, you know, there's almost this relief that goes on inside of you of like, oh, man. I'm, I'm a new man. I'm an honest man. Now let me go dump all this stuff out <laughs> and your partner just gets just it all heaped on top of them. Mm-hmm. And, and now they got to sort through and they got to process all of this and they go through a grieving process is, is, is what happens. In in the meantime, you're feeling better because it's like, man, I've lived in this shame and secrecy for so long. This living in the light is so much better and and having hope is so much better. How come she's not happier? Because I'm starting to get happier here. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Mm -hmm. I like who I'm becoming. I like how I'm showing up in my life differently. I mean, obviously it's still a work in progress and I will be forever, but there's an inner sense of like peace and confidence that comes from that shift that you're starting to experience. And unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of times we've shot ourselves in the foot with this because we've tried to project that change earlier on Mm -hmm. in our relationship without actually having the change. So for us, it feels authentic, but for them, it's just like... One more, one more gaslighting session, one more mm-hmm. this or, or, you know, like I, I, I have this conversation a lot with a lot of the times, like betrayed partners that I list here and, and they'll say like, they're learning all this new language. They're learning about attachment theory and they're learning about shame. And now they can speak all of these things, but the energy is still the same. Like, it's still scary because I know that they're just trying to get me to, to ease up or soften up. And then it's just going to go right back to the way that it was. Yeah. Right. How long? And, you, um, and, and that's exactly the things yeah. that she expresses. And yeah. um, you know, often she'll accuse me of just regurgitating what I've I've been taught in in therapy sessions and and through through my efforts and and my work, um, which I I I totally I, I can understand her her perspective and and I know that I can't fully understand her experience. Um, I and I acknowledge where she's coming from and do my best to, to validate her feelings and help her to understand that, yes, how she's feeling is completely normal and, and that it's how I would expect her to feel given what I've done to her. Good job, Ben. That's hard to do. That takes some shame resiliency to do that. Um, have, how long have you been married? Um, 22 years. 22 years. And so you've, this this change of heart happened about a year and a half ago. Right. Um, you can see the, how many years of lying and deceit. Um, right. You know, and, and it's interesting what you said. I, I, I got to come back to this in beating a lie detector test and, and d- the denial, the manipulation, you look at that as your attempts to survive. Mm-hmm. And she looks at that as your attempts to, um, have your addiction survive, um, so to speak, right. To continue the addiction. And 
when you're in that addiction mindset, then you believe that you need that addiction to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're actually one and the same. And when, when you're saying, I, I felt like I was just trying to survive. Well, you were just trying to continue this addiction to your wife. That's the man that she knew for 21 years. It wasn't the, the man that was trying to, to kill the addiction, <laughs> trying to get in recovery and overcome it. It was the person who was doing everything he could, even after going to therapy and things like that, to let it persist, to let it go. And so when you look at that, you, you think, okay, then how then at this point in the game, when trust has been shattered and then shattered again and again and again, how then can you actually rebuild it again? Um, and ha, ha, do you know who Paul Young is? No. Mm-hmm. Paul Young wrote The Shack. Um, okay. And he's an author. He uh, had a, a long history of, of childhood abuse and things like that. Um, but he got into a marriage. He was raised Christian, got into a marriage, cheated on his wife, cheated on his wife with her best friend. Um, and anyways, it all just came out one day and it was this big D day and he had this sex addiction going on and he, he talks now he's in recovery and has been for a lot of years, but he talks now and he says, I, I can, I can kind of remember the day when my wife turned to me and said, I trust you. And he said that was 11 years after our D day, mm-hmm. 11 years after our D day. Right. So it doesn't always take that long, but he was committed to his marriage. He was committed to his partnership. He stayed consistent in his recovery and that heart shift that, that we were talking about, she started to, um, to actually accept it and to actually choose to see it because he was so consistent for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. and I hate to tell you this, Ben, but a year and a half isn't it, you're you're just starting out still, <laughs> right? Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, I I understand that, and um, and you know, uh, a really good friend of mine in recovery refers to it as the roller coaster, um, you know, because um, her emotions are all over the place, and um, he has helped me to to watch the roller coaster as opposed to ride the roller coaster. Good. Excellent. And, and that's been, uh, that's been really helpful. And, um, I was listening to, uh, one of your podcasts about codependency and I realized that, um, that even, even with the progress that I've, that I've made, I've still been very codependent with her and allowed her mood and her emotions to guide how I interact and how I, how I feel as opposed to being interdependent, interdependent and Excellent. recognizing it and acknowledging her, her moods. And so I've been working better on, um, for lack of a better phrase, you know, separating my mood from her mood. Mm-hmm. So, so Ben, like everything you're describing sounds like a great pathway into like the recovery world that you're working. Um, and with what Brandon just said and with what you just said, it sounds like kind of getting to what your question was today a little bit is here you are learning how to try to be less codependent 
learning how to believe in yourself more and follow through on those beliefs and be boundaried in who you are at the same time that you're also trying to learn how to be patient and understanding and empathetic. I imagine that the space that you find yourself in with your wife often now is this weird place of practice with all of those things. And so That's she's, true. she's got this, she's got this process that she's trying to work now and she's meeting you. It sounds like with a lot of like, she's protecting herself. She's scared, mm -hmm. but that comes out. It sounds like a lot in anger, a lot in frustration, a lot in like stonewalling and disbelief. And and your question now is this, it's almost like, and I don't hear this in you, but you could, you could very easily become hopeless and be like, I've already, I've made all these changes now and nothing's getting better. It's mm -hmm. like, wait, wait a minute, actually, like things, things kind of sound as they should be right now. Mm -hmm. And the hard part is, is that when you step into the one side of having to be authentic, set your own boundaries that's going to be difficult for a struggling partner who's still wrestling with anger and resentment and fear as well. And that's the practice. That's, that's where I think maybe your marriage is feeling like it's not getting better, even though you feel like mm -hmm. you are getting better because that's the pinch point that you're in right now. Yeah, that, that feels really true. The, the opportunity you give her to work on that anger, though, will be through your, your boundaries. And so if she's calling you names or throwing things at you or what we're not saying is you hold space by just, just like, okay, I deserve this. I, I, you know, 21 years of, that's not what we're saying. What, what you do is you, you hold space for her pain and say, I understand where that's coming from. And I'm, I'm not willing to engage in these type of behaviors because that doesn't work for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I get why you're angry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how that turns it back on her of like, I am angry and rightfully so I'm angry, but what do I want to do with that anger instead of continuing to beat Ben, you know, <laughs> with a stick or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I got to do something with this anger, dang it. And it's inside of me and it's because of him. And it's, but I got to do something with this. Right. Um, I want to ask you a question. Um, sure. What do you think is at the root of your sex addiction? Like what, what, mm. like what, why, why the sex addiction? Where did it come from? Why? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I, through doing uh, some EMDR work, I've, I've gotten to a, a lot of it has to do with, um, and it's tough to put succinctly, uh, when I was about two, um, my parents divorced and, um, and that, that trauma kind of played out throughout my life, but I felt very, um, very abandoned, even though I lived with my mom, um, the dad that raised me, um, was a good dad. He provided for, for what I needed. Um, there were a lot of, instances where, um, I, I, I felt like I wasn't supported or validated. Um, one of the big instances that, that jumped out was when I was in high school. Um, I was, uh, it was, I was a sophomore and it was in the spring and, um, I was doing track for the first time and, and my report card came home and I had straight A's 
and I showed it to to uh, my parents, you know, being super proud of it. And my dad looks at it and he looks at me and he says, good job. Now we know you can do it even during football season. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's, that's where, where that was at. And, and like, that's a, that's a key moment in, in my life of, of where I felt pretty unvalidated. And I, I think, I think that it really, it comes from feeling unseen, unheard and unknown. So, so, and, so Ben, let's continue to connect the dots here because it, it sure. so, so that's excellent in terms of like really getting down to, to where this is coming from. Um, we use sex to, to medicate mm-hmm. and to compensate. So, you know, as, as, as a, an adolescent, as an adult, you find sex, you find women, you find lust. And it's like, wow, I feel, I feel seen. I feel mm-hmm. a sense of, uh, and sometimes it's power. Sometimes it's acceptance. just validation, acceptance, like, wow, like, yes. And so it becomes intoxicating. Mm-hmm. And especially for a man, you'll use the feminine in order to feel like I'm good enough. I'm seen, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll sexualize that and go use it in an addiction, but also within our marriage. So I need my wife to, to like me, to see me, to want me, to think I'm good, um, mm-hmm. to validate me as a man. And so I use, I use women both with pornography and, and acting out that way. But I also am trying to use my wife. And so here you are saying I'm getting sober a year and a half ago, but I have a wife who's still angry at me, telling me that I'm in her, with her anger in many ways, telling me that I'm disgusting and bad and wrong and not okay. Right. But Brandon, right. If, that, if that's true, Ben, I don't know if Brandon's close to how you felt or not, but imagine taking 22 years of marriage and putting your wife in the bind of saying, tell me that I'm enough. And mm-hmm. then when I don't feel like you've told me that I'm enough, I'm going to resent you so I can go justify being told I'm enough somewhere else. Out. And right. I mean, my, my gut, probably because of my own personal story too, but my gut churns inside when I think of that bind aches for her that I, that I put her in without knowing I was putting her there. Cause I thought I was in self-survival mode. And so like, mm-hmm. If your wife is listening, I just want her to know that 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 bind is real and that there's a reason why she's having such a strong emotional response to that, right? And, and I think if you understand that, it's going to at least allow you, even if you have to set boundaries in your relationship, to do it with a compassionate and a patient and an understanding heart, right? Mm-hmm. That, that bind has been there for a really long time. And it's sad, isn't it? Because you didn't know you were putting her in that bind. You thought you were just pursuing your own wounds being healed. And it's like wounds beget wounds beget wounds until we finally understand that and go, you know what? I need to take an accounting for not only what's happened in my life and I need to be responsible for what I'm going to do with those things. I've got to take accountability for the things I've done to somebody else. And then sadly, I have to surrender parts of that outcome to their process to figure those things out as well. Right. And that's, that's been difficult to observe. Um, She's, she's struggling with a, with a lot of things. And, um, and from what I'm, 
from what I'm seeing, um, she's not seeking help and she's trying to trying to struggle through it on her own. And it's really painful to watch her go through that and know that I'm the reason why she feels that way. And it's, it's difficult. And, you know, one of the big things that I gained when I went to the intensive was the understanding that I am enough and shortly after I got back from that, she gave me a compliment and I broke down in tears um, because I was able to accept that compliment instead of having that voice in the back of my head, making up another narrative, another excuse. And it was such a liberating experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. You're, you can tell that your heart really does love her and care about her and that you know that heart shift that we were talking about that that feeling of why do i hurt her um it's interesting how you stop hurting her is by by stop using other women for your self-worth and by stop using her for your self-worth and and for your okayness and right. that's beautiful what you just said in terms of going to that intensive and knowing I am enough. That's the key to actually being strong enough and consistent enough to fix this, to heal this, to make it stronger. And you can't control her to do her recovery work or force her to do that, but you can control you and you are Ben. You're doing, it sounds like you're doing a lot of hard work. The way to stop hurting her is to come to a place of, I call it healthy brokenness, to where you can fully accept everything God says you are. Mm -hmm. You can clear away the debris. You can stop chasing it in all of these diverse places that never yield a result. And when you can fully accept, now listen to this, because this doesn't include doing more. It doesn't include doing more meetings. It doesn't include reading more books. All of those things become evidences of the change of heart once I've accepted God's love for me and I've accepted a more true identity of who I really am. And when Mm -hmm. that becomes the case, I can step into a conversation with my wife when she's mad or upset and I can be empathetic and understanding and yet still be boundaried. Until I come to that place, I'm going to be going through these weird motions that feel coercive. Mm -hmm. And... And so it's kind of a weird paradox that the way to best help support your wife is to get busy accepting the truth of who you are and then start manifesting it in your own, in your own life. Yep. Yep. Right. That, that teenager that got straight A's and dad brushed it off. What was the feeling about you in that moment when he kind of like, Hmm. Um, that it didn't matter what I did it wasn't going to be enough. Okay. And now what's the truth about you, Ben? I am enough. Well, what I came to was um, kind of something off of Descartes. You know, I think therefore, therefore I am, I exist. Therefore I am enough. I am enough simply because I am. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I am enough. Like, what does that even mean? What that means to me is that, um, 
it, no matter what life brings, I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Are you, and you don't have to give me the answer you think I'm looking for here, but um, are you loved? That's a great question. And um, I know that I'm loved. Um, I've been able to accept that I'm loved by God. And I know that the, the people that I have in my recovery community love me. And it feels, it feels very connecting. Yeah. Ben, do you mind if I just ask you to break down what's going on inside of you emotionally right now? Can you put that into words? I think the the first feeling that, that I feel that floats to the top is acceptance. And, um, and it, it goes like, I feel really accepted by you guys. And, and then also, um, you know, thinking about my recovery community and the acceptance that I feel there and the acceptance from, from my higher power and more importantly, accepting myself, um, accepting myself that I can, that I can be flawed and still be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been a, a big, a big thing. I also, um, I also feel some regret in some, trepidation um because uh, this stuff is really hard it's really hard to to go through and it's really hard to to face and it takes a lot of work um and it it seems like the the better i i get at something uh, there's always something else that that rises to the surface that i'm like <laughs> dang it i gotta work on that now <laughs> and um it's i think kind of at the base of it is is hope um hope that that i can be better that i can have a a relationship that is interconnected and interdependent and loving and um and you know grows together that's that's beautiful ben thank you thank you for sharing um brandon i kind of want to pose this to you and ben you can chime in if you want but here's here's where i where i see us standing in 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 regards to the question that was asked in the first place is it's pretty obviously brandon that we've got a guy here whose heart is shifting who's trying to put his work in he's trying to become a new man he's genuinely loves his wife he's now in this space of say two years into recovery real recovery work and Ben said it himself, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, I can share a few ideas myself, but what ideas and advice do you have for a man in his shoes in the hardness of the situation, say relationally, especially that, that he finds himself in? Like, what are the next steps? What are some actionables? What are some principles or something to make sure that he's considering so that he can ride the roller coaster properly. Um, Again, paradox here. Um, Best thing you can do for your relationship is to surrender over your relationship is to not get too consumed in us, you know, expecting a certain outcome there. Um, And, and if you do expect certain outcomes, you're going to set yourself up for more of that resentment that has driven a lot of the problems in the past. Mm -hmm. So it really is turning your will and your life over the care of God. Step three, 
Let me surrender mm -hmm. this over. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. And I'm going to figure out how to love myself and allow God and others to love me as well. Like that's going to happen. I'm not going to live this lie that my childhood taught me. And I'm going to be available to create love. And your, your spouse, um, you will invite her to step into that opportunity if you do that. And it doesn't mean that she'll take that invitation, nor does it mean that she should. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing that I want to say, just to answer Tyler's question is um, this, where you're at now is better than where you were 15 years ago. Um, it might be more painful. Sometimes rec the recovery is, is more painful than, than the living in, in the denial but it's progress in moving forward. So you were suffering before and now you're doing reparative work, which is actually hard and painful, but good, right? So you, you said it, right. Ben, hope, right? Hope's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you, Ben, is Brennan right? Like if you were to look at your life 15 years ago versus right now, would you go back? I, would, I definitely would not go back. Okay. Um, I think some of the, some of the biggest differences, um, lie in that, um, I care to, to know myself now, whereas before I, I was hiding from myself, mm -hmm. you know, um, Brandon, you talk about how, um, you know, there was, there was suffering, um, and you know, there, there's a lot of suffering in, in addiction and, um, in addiction with the, with the suffering, um, you just run from it. Yeah. Uh, and in recovery, when when the suffering comes, you face it. And when you feel like you're not enough, that's when you reach out. And that's when you start to connect with people. And that's that's where recovery from addiction comes from, is connecting to people and understanding that the voices that tell you that you're not enough or that you can't do something aren't true. Yes. But, but, and you realize that by being open and accepting that love in rather than being covert and trying to prove that love. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, a lot of time because of my work situation and working out of town and, um, having limited time at home in my early recovery, I felt like I had to, prove that I was worth being around, having around, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to like be perfect and to, and to be this or, or be that. And, um, another narrative in, in my life that, um, that I'm ha I have difficulty with is that, um, it's not safe to express negative emotions mm -hmm. and, um, and so that's been, you know, that, that whole trying to prove myself really kind of fed into that because I couldn't show any negative emotions and, um, it, and it, it's, it's difficult because, um, my, my wife interprets any negative emotion as anger. Yeah. Um, it could be sadness. It could be pain. It could be frustration. It could be anything. And, and she perceives that as anger, which I, I believe is a defense mechanism that she's developed because if I'm, 
angry, then she can be angry and it's okay for her to create distance. Um, and, and so understanding and, and recognizing that and accepting that I, I am free to, to experience the full spectrum of, of emotions and, and still be well, um, is still a struggle that I have. And it's something that, that I still work on and I'm better than, than what I was. Isn't, isn't it interesting, Ben, that with what you just described, and this is going to sound a little bit backwards and maybe make you cringe a little bit, but isn't, doesn't that make in some ways your wife's current response to you a gift because it's giving you the opportunity to practice realizing that it's okay for you to have a full range of emotion regardless of her response? Yeah, that you, that's true. That's some good. You get repetition and practice on that on a regular basis right now. Yep. And you get, to, you get to fracture that core belief every single time you step back into that same stream and say, I know this is hard for you to hear and I'm trying not to be angry, but I also want to share my feelings. I, Go ahead, Brandon. Well, I do want to say, you know, and this could take us off on, on another topic, but I have a, I have a daughter who um, feels a lot of emotions intensely, really fast. And next thing you know, she's slamming doors and yelling and going nuts, like just, and so I was having a talk with her over the weekend and, and I was saying how proud I am of her that she expresses her emotions. So, and, and so, but as a, as a dad, I was trying to teach her that all of your emotions are valid and good and okay. And what you do with those emotions though actually does matter. And mm -hmm. so, so to regulate, not, not to get rid of, but to accept those emotions and regulate them. So then you can express them in a really effective way is what's really, really good. Right. And so um, back to your relationship, Ben, as we're, as we're talking, um, your wife experiences your, your emotions as attacking and scary and angry and those, those type of things, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you understanding that that's how she's experiencing that is important. And then you also regulating, the, accepting your emotions and choosing how to express those things is important as well, right? So I in no way am saying you shouldn't have them. Right. Um, so this is kind of another topic, but the point being is what I'm hearing is for you to accept yourself fully, to accept that you are an emotional being, that that's okay. And right now your wife doesn't need to accept um, every last emotion that you have because there's not enough um, foundation, trust and safety in your relationship for her to do that. Um, right. And she may never. And and you may never have that level of intimacy and you might get to a place down the road where it's like, okay, what, what do I really need in my life, in my relationship? Where do I go with this? Um, but right now you are where you are, right? And you're hoping that she gets some help and that she wants to change and she wants to open up to you again. Um, but you don't have to accept a life where there's no intimacy in your life forever, but you don't have to make that decision right now. Right. And, you know, I, I really appreciate you um, bringing that up because this morning when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, um, I, like 
I had a pretty strong feeling that um, I wanted validation that it would be, if I felt like it was right, it would be okay to walk away from, from this relationship, even though I'm the one that, that caused all the trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say, Ben, that, that that may end up being where you end up having to go in the future. But right now, I think what Brandon was saying is where you're at is you're stepping into your recovery. You're offering your, your wife the gift of being able to work on her stuff as it is by learning to be authentic, by sharing your emotions, by being real, by showing up with patience and empathy. And in that process, you're going to be giving her a chance, an invite to do the things that you can't fix. And if she does, you'll have more than what you've ever had. And if she doesn't, you'll still be better off because you will be an authentic person. And either way, life goes on. And not only does it go on, it goes on more beautifully. Either way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you stick in it just out of fear and out of like shame, then you're actually continuing to hurt her. Right. But if you stick in it, in it out of authentic honesty, because that's where you want to be, then you're not. And so, so like, let that go for now. That will come out in the wash and hopefully you'll stay connected to God and you'll get those answers. But right, right. now, just, just continue to do your reparative work and focus on really what we, what we've gotten down to the core of it. I love what you said. Like when I know others love me, my brotherhood loves me and God loves me, continue to solidify that Ben. Like just mm-hmm. stay, stay right there for a little while and, um, and then watch to see what happens with your relationship. Right. And I, I agree that the, this is not the season to, to make a, a definitive decision. Um, if, uh, for no other reason than, you know, I, I need to spend some, some time like full time at home, you know, being away for um, so long and so much of the time, um, really has been a hindrance. Um, I feel to, to progress, um, in the relationship because she just sees snippets of, of me and then, and then I'm leaving, which just, um, you know, it's probably really triggering for her. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, it really underscores the, you know, the abandonment and and the fact that I that I did leave her, and yeah. and it's I, I can see that that when I would do that, it would be really difficult for her. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Ben, it's been awesome to have you on. I um, Thanks. I was just go ahead. Yeah, I was just looking at our records. It looks like you know we've got the Rising Sun Conference coming up, and your name is already on the roster. So, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really excited to meet you in person, man. Like it's been a treat. To, it's been a treat to visit with you today, but I can't wait to actually see you in person and give you a hug. And, you know, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're signed up. You're making all the right steps already in your recovery. And, uh, for those other men who are listening to this, you know, there's maybe by the time you're listening to this, not very many passes left, but come join us at the rising sun conference, rising sun son.org you know check it out and before we wrap up i just want to say i hope as you've listened to this episode and this is both for the men and the women listening that you felt ben's heart 
Um, Absolutely. And, and, and getting a heart to a humble place like that, that's been steeped in shame and addiction for, for so long can be really, really kind of hard and it's a miracle and it's awesome. And you haven't arrived, Ben. Um, however, you, you have the right, I, I, I'm not going to say mindset. You have the right heart in order to really do amazing things in your recovery. So just keep it up. And, um, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable today. I really appreciate you. Thanks. I really appreciate being here and, and having this opportunity to, to chat. Um, I'm really looking forward to the, to the rising sun conference. It's going to be, um, an amazing weekend. And I, I think it, it's going to come in a, at a good time in my life, um, where I'll be able to have a lot of time to, to reflect and, and connect. Awesome. Awesome, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And to those of you listening, if this rang a bell for you or you think it'll ring a bell for somebody else you know, please don't hesitate to share. Uh, this is our way of trying to make a difference in the world. So thank you for what you do to help us do that. See you later. Hey, Brandon, what does the Rising Sun Retreat include? Well, not only is it your lodging, excellent food by a professional chef, brotherhood with a bunch of guys who are there to heal, but it's so much more. If you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Listen to what they have to say. If I had a friend who was contemplating attending this conference, I would say do it. Sign up as soon as you can. Man, you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, be your, I'll be you guys' advertising arm because I'm going to tell everybody I know about this conference. Oh, man. I would say... Again, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about it, so... Uh, There's no reason to, not to come. Definitely attend. If you have the means, you, it would be a mistake not to come. Do it. You won't be disappointed. Well, I would say it takes a leap of faith to come to one of these things because you're not going to know what it's going to be coming into it, and it's completely worth it. Just go for it. Um, so I would tell that friend that uh, he should definitely come. It is definitely worth um, the time, the effort, the money. If you have any thought whatsoever whether or not you should go, just go. Even after I signed up, I told my wife I didn't want to come the first day. I was like nervous as all get out. I knew it was going to be uncomfortable, everything about it. But I would look at that person and say, you will never regret to help you to know how to find the joy that you're seeking in your life, to t do this, take it seriously, and add it to your regimen moving forward. I, it, it has been powerful, just incredibly powerful. If you're interested in attending our next Rising Sun retreat, go to risingsun.org, risingsun.org, and check out more stories like this. Hurry up because space is limited.